welcome back to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford. Thanks for joining us today, and we are glad to have Alan from southeasternbowhunting.com on today. Um, Alex has a uh, bow hunting uh, specific blog and uh, is really good. I've enjoyed reading the articles, and uh, that's why I wanted to have him on uh, just to let everybody know what he's doing and I encourage everyone to go and follow along with uh, what he's writing. Uh, give him a follow on Instagram and and uh, stay tuned. He's got some good stuff uh, already out and some good stuff coming. So really appreciate Alex coming on today. Before we jump into the episode, just want to say thank you so much to everyone for following along and uh, supporting and listening and uh, rating and reviewing and all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Uh, helps us a ton and uh, encourages us so we we really appreciate it um also um i got the opportunity to kill my uh second turkey ever on saturday so that was an interesting interesting hunt um i'll probably talk about it a little bit more in the future but uh it was interesting it's kind of a slightly urban area where I was and uh, it involved uh, a stray dog walking past me while I was uh, set up. It involved uh, someone kind of walking out to me and asking if I was hunting. And uh, so that was was exciting. But uh, we were able to kind of reset and get it done. So super excited about that. Um, It was awesome, it was awesome. So thank you so much for following along and uh, more to come on that but uh for now let's jump into this one with alex with south southeastern bow hunting thanks again for listening let's jump in to the episode welcome back to the wannabe hunting podcast this is your host amos medford and i'm excited today to be joined by alex uh from the southeastern bow hunting is that that the right name for you that's right that's it right there Awesome, man. And he's got a, uh, a website and a good uh, hunting blog, information on gear, uh, how-tos and things like that for hunting. So definitely check that out. We'll uh, try to link everything up in the description when we release the episode. But we are glad to have you today, Alex. Appreciate you joining me. Oh, man. I'm honored to be here. I, uh, I've been listening to your podcast and I feel like I'm not sure I belong, uh, you know, following up some of these guests that you've had on here recently. But I'm happy to be here. Yes, sir. We've been uh, blessed to have some some great guests, some of which are more famous than others. But, uh, you know, we, we just like to talk hunting. And, uh, you know, I, I try to get the word out on uh, some guys who are doing similar stuff, whether it be a podcast or a blog or uh, lesser known, uh, even uh, product companies. So I yeah. appreciate you taking the time, man. That's great, man. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we're going to kind of jump in. Um and just get an idea of um, who you are and if you want to go into what you do, but kind of want to backtrack and see how you got into hunting. Yeah. So I got into hunting like a lot of guys. Uh, My dad hunted, his dad hunted before him. So I kind of followed suit. My dad was that kid riding home on the school bus and kind of looking at out at all the trees and when he would see a squirrel here a squirrel there as soon as he got home uh and got off the bus he'd run inside grab his bb gun and run right back out the door 
So he was, he was all about hunting from a super early age. So whenever I was growing up, um, you know, obviously where I'm from, you know, if you're going to hunt most of the time, you're going to hunt deer. Um, so he was a big deer hunter and I'll tell you, I'll tell you my intro into hunting. It went kind of like this. My dad would, uh, build his own deer stands and he would build them 40 feet up and he'd make the rungs about 12 feet wide. So the way it all started is my dad would, when he would take me or my older brother and we were, we were little at this point. I mean, I was, you know, we were definitely under 10 years old and he would tie a rope around our waist. This is going to sound crazy, but he would tie a rope around our waist. And when he would climb up the tree and get to the top, he would turn around, grab that rope and pull us up swinging like a <laughs> rag doll to get us into the stand when we were too small to be able to uh, climb. So uh, that awesome. was kind of my intro into hunting. But then from there, um, yeah, like I, I, I would go hunting with him some and then, um, I was definitely not that kid who always wanted to be out in the woods. Um, I was probably a little bit too energetic to sit still uh, for that long, but, uh, but whenever I was in my, my early to mid teens, I would go some and, um, uh, my dad got me a Remington 700, uh, chambered in 25 alt six when I was about 14 or 15. And I think I was 15 when I shot my first deer, he was, uh, a real small eight point and that deer is actually mounted in my son's room right now. But, um, but yeah, I shot my first, my first buck. And then it was either that same season or the next season I shot a doe. And then after that, I kind of put it down. Um, and then whenever I was around 19 or 20, my dad had gotten into turkey hunting somewhere along the way. He had, um, he had never really turkey hunted before, but I guess he had seen it on TV and saw how exciting it was. So he just decided he's going to go all in on it. So he started turkey hunting, um, and he just was diehard. I mean, he, at a certain point, he kind of stopped deer hunting and his main thing was turkey hunting. He's, a um, he owns a heating and air company. So it's pretty busy here in South Carolina. So. He, uh, he devoted, he devoted that, you know, one month, six weeks, eight weeks, you know, out of the year to scouting. And then, you know, that about, we have about a month where we'll hunt, um, here at Turkey. So he kind of devoted all his time into that and he got real serious. And whenever I was about 19 or 20, um, I started turkey hunting with him and we've been turkey hunting ever since. So that was kind of how, how I got into hunting. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Stories, you know, about going with your dad and all that good stuff, you know, cause I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that with my son. Uh, in a few years, he's almost one. So okay, yeah, that's awesome. We're excited about it, but that's awesome. I, I'll have to drop back and uh, edit in a little statement. You know, the views expressed are not necessarily those of the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. <laughs> no, we recommend that you wear a safety harness at all times. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would never recommend uh, doing that. And if my mom would have been there, that would have never happened. So yeah, he just. <laughs> He was, he was diehard. He was one of those guys. He was like, Hey, if I'm going to take the, if I have to take the kids to go hunting, you know, I'll do what I got to do to do it. So. Yeah, man. Well, that's awesome. And, and, you know, I, I love hearing stuff like that. I was hunting with my brother up in Virginia this year and, you know, we saw some old, some old stands way up in trees that look pretty, pretty sketchy that somebody probably used way too recently as old as they were. But, um, you know, we all do want to be safe. We've all heard the, heard those stories about guys falling and stuff, but that's, oh, yeah. that's awesome. You know, some of your first memories of hunting are getting pulled up, you know, into a 40 foot <laughs> <stand by> rope. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, that's awesome. right. 
Well, I know you said your dad got, you know, really into turkey hunting. You started going with him about 19 or 20. Um, I have to ask because your blog is literally called Southeastern Bow Hunting. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you, do you use um, a bow for turkeys or you use both a gun and bow? Kind of how does that uh, play out for you? I do. So I, I actually, so I had a bow whenever I was younger, uh, but I never hunted with it. And then I don't know what got into me about two years ago, but I decided, you know what? I'm going to get a bow. I'm going to kill a deer with a bow. So I got a bow. And from day one, I got probably like a lot of people who first started out with a bow. I mean, I got absolutely obsessed with it. So I've only been hunting with the bow for around two years now. Um, so I do, tur- I do a bow hunt with, a tur- um, I do turkey hunt with a bow i killed two turkeys last year with a bow um and i would have taken the third with it but my uh my granddad before he um passed away he had bought a 410 double barrel Mm -hmm. and he had given that to my dad and see my granddad had never been able to actually hunt with that gun so my dad thought it would be so awesome if i killed a turkey with that gun so uh my my last turkey that i killed last year i actually took the 410 out Um, so I've, I've always hunted with a shotgun last year. I started bow hunting and this year, um, this year because of the blog and, you know, social media and all that, and what I'm trying to do with Southeastern bow hunting, I'll, I'll be bow hunting, uh, strictly this year. So, so yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had somebody ask me and I'm going to use a shotgun, uh, until I get one this year. And, uh, if we do that, then we might break the bow out, but, uh, Oh uh, man, got to do it. <laughs> yeah, the the archery in general and the bow hunting thing, it is kind of crazy how it uh, how it kind of grabs you. You know, hunting is like that anyway, but the stuff with the bow just seems to be, you know, double for whatever reason. Uh man, I'm telling you, it is. It really does grab a hold of you. I mean, it's, uh, that is just about any point of the day you can ask me what I'm thinking about. It's going to be bow hunting. And I don't know what it is, but I mean, it, it just does it. Like you said, I mean, it just grabs a hold of you. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I've asked a couple people this and gotten different answers, but do you switch up anything on your bow, arrow, broadhead between deer? Uh, the main thing that I switch up is uh, my draw weight. Okay. Um, I like to shoot a uh, lower draw weight uh, for turkeys for two reasons. One is to help eliminate pass through um, with a turkey. I, I feel like, you know, I want, I want the broadhead to stay in, especially if you make a suboptimal shot. I definitely don't want it passing through. Um, and, and also you can hold. So right now I've got my bow set at 57 pounds. I'm going to be able to hold a uh, full draw of 57 pounds a lot longer than I can hold at 70. Right. Uh, so, and you know how turkeys are. I mean, it, it, he can be coming on a string right at your setup and then for whatever reason, just stop and stand there at 45 yards spitting and drumming and just kind of hang up on you. Um, you know, and I don't want to have my arm, you know, letting down real fast because, you know, I can't hold it for two minutes, uh, you know, with a turkey sitting out there. So, and I actually, Actually, last year, um, you know, I had a situation where uh, now I I had already 
lowered my draw weight last year when this happened, but it's really just a good example of how sometimes you have to just hold, 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 hold. I had a, a turkey come in and I went full draw on him and I wasn't in a blind at this point. I was set up perfect. I didn't have any decoys out. If I had decoys out in this open area where they normally go to, he would have probably just come right out in front of me and I'd have been at full draw. It would have been great. But I had no decoys out on this day and I went full draw. I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. He doesn't show up. I peek my head around this brush to see where he is and he's coming around behind me. And so I, there I am full draw. He's probably 10 or 12 yards behind me. I'm looking at him out of my peripherals. Right. And uh, he rips off a gobble and I'm just sitting there and I even used my my bow hand. I took two of my fingers and tried to wrap them around this sapling I was next to just to try and hold out for just a little longer. And finally, I just couldn't hold it any longer and my arm just, you know, slammed down. And there he goes off in the trees. But it was a really good example of you have to, you know, you have to sit there at full draw freight a lot longer than you were expecting to. So that's those are the two reasons. But aside from that, I um, know the broadheads that I that I love for whitetails. They're the Grim Reaper whitetail special uh, razor cut. It's got a two inch cut. I've shot uh, several different broadheads. I've shot, you know, fixed blade. I've shot mechanicals. These are mechanicals. And uh, these fly super true to uh, my field points. They're really close to that. And they do just an amazing job. And I've, I've actually got a really good picture. I, I didn't put it on social because, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be a huge turnoff and get censored or anything like that. But it's a, it's a really good picture whenever I was uh, processing a doe that I shot last year. I took a picture because uh, from the inside of the rib cage, you can see just how huge put in. So I love those for whitetails. And because they fly so straight and uh, they have such a large cut. I use them for turkeys and the also having a large cut like that, it increases the friction, which also helps kind of eliminate that pass through. So, but aside from that, um, I don't really change anything up this year. Uh, I'll be shooting a drop away rest. Whereas, um, I was shooting a whisker, whisker biscuit last year. I didn't necessarily change that for turkeys. Um, but that, that will be different. Um, and then, Normally when you're talking, you know, your bow setup for turkey or deer, normally your release doesn't really, isn't really something that you talk about, but I'm going to say something about it because, um, I've struggled with target panic, uh, for about the past year right? and using an index style release. And so I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, John Dudley at knock on archery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got a silverback a few months ago. And so I've been practicing with that and I'm actually going to use that during Turkey season. And if you look it up, you'll get kind of mixed reviews on if people say, Oh, you should never hunt with a tension release, you know, tension activated release, you know, because you don't really have that control. Well, for me, I'd rather, I'd rather, I guess, lose the opportunity than make a poor shot. And so, uh, but also with those kinds of releases, you can, you can activate it quicker. I mean, you, you don't, it doesn't have to take such a long time to actually release the arrow. So I'll be shooting with, uh, with that. And, um, so that's about how my, how my setup's going to go, but the arrow is going to stay the same. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, what, uh, arrow shaft are you using? It's uh victory archery. I shoot the, uh, V force. Um, it's got a 300 spine the one that I shoot. So, and I, I've been really happy, uh, really happy with them. They shoot well. So, and they've got great customer service. I mean, if you got questions, 
uh, for them, you know, you can give them up give them a call and, and they'll, they'll walk you through it and all that answer your questions. So they've, they've been really good. Okay. That's super yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, and then the, what about the bow? Uh, a bear paradox. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And then, uh, I think I saw on social media, you just put a, um, America's best bowstring on it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I shoot a ton. I mean, I, I shoot very often over the past few months. It's, it's slowed down just a little bit because of what I've been, you know, trying to do with writing and social media and all that. And along with work and family and all that has slowed down, but in general, um, I, sh- I shoot a lot. And so, um, I've gone through a couple sets of strings. I went through the original set that I got with the bow, but then I've gone through a couple of other sets, but America's best bow strings, they're great. There's, um, uh, there's virtually no shoot in there's virtually no stretching of the strings um super high quality uh and they're another company that you call them you have questions they're happy to answer um if you've got any issues you know they're more than happy to to help you out so yeah they've been they've been really good those are really good strings very cool man i i had some in my cart but i've just i've got a local guy and he literally you know builds them himself and everything and uh so i, I went with him he's, he's a super nice guy he's set yeah. up my for a few years now but i almost went so if, if i go you know with a i guess whatever you call a larger company or whatever yeah like um, a commercial brand yeah well that's awesome though. i mean having having custom strings made by somebody that that you can actually i guess that you actually know i mean that's you can't beat that so that's that's good yeah that's very cool well i wanted to ask you a little bit uh about calls and stuff. Um, now you might surprise me, but if uh, if you're bow hunting turkeys, I'm guessing mouth calls come in pretty big with you. But uh, if not, or whatever, you know, just uh, jump in and tell me a little bit about the calls that you use. Yeah. Um, so yes, last last year I got I got pretty heavy into uh, into mouth calls, and I just absolutely before that. Uh, I primarily just use uh, pot calls. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, they say when you're first starting out, you know, try box call because, you know, they're really easy to manipulate and all that. I have never, even from the beginning, I have never liked the sound of a box call. And I know it really shouldn't matter what I think as far as the sound. Really, all that matters is what the turkey thinks. But it's something about it. I can't I can't not hear, uh, you know, the the wood striking each other. So for me, I've always just loved the sound of a pot call. I feel like it sounds more realistic than a box call. So I've always stuck with those and I've, I've used so many of those. Um, I got a guy, uh, named Tony Reynolds. He's from here in South Carolina. He's a custom call maker. He'll actually be at the, um, at the sportsman's classic, uh, here this coming weekend. But, um, he, he's actually making me, uh, some Southeastern boat calls, some of his calls. Um, very cool. And so, uh, but I've, I've used a lot of his, uh, I've also got some cane creeks that I've used, uh, got a lot of those and I actually just recently got some goblet call maker here in South Carolina. But, um, um so I've got a, a lot of different pot calls, but I will tell you my, the call that I loved last season and I'll be using, I'll be working this one again, uh, this season for sure is a Woodhaven red wasp mouth call. 
Uh, it, it's just, I mean, the tone of that call is so nice and it's coupled with, with it's with a really good rasp, a really good raspy sound. It's not too much, not too little. It's really good. And I can tell you from experience last year, that call really works. And it's one that you can, you can actually get super loud with that call. Uh, but it's one that you can actually tone down and, and be real quiet. And I actually had two turkeys last year that kind of hung up on me uh, at probably around 45, 55 yards. Uh, and I want to get them a little bit closer. And so I just kind of worked that one with these soft clucks. Uh, and it really works. I mean, it sounds it sounds super realistic to me. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I've heard good things about them. Of course, there's, there, there's a lot of calls out there. You know, there's big and small company. You know, everybody, you know, uses whatever. But uh, I'm always interested to see, you know, what's worked for, for different people. I'm, I'm not too good with a mouth call yet. Well, in fact, I would say I'm actually pretty bad with a mouth call. But <laughs> that's the one I just got to put in the practice. You know, that's the thing with that. So. Man, that's all it is. It really is just practice. It's kind of just like everybody else. Everybody says when you're riding in your vehicle by yourself, you know, put in your mouth call and practice. I mean, that really is true, though. So um, it really is just practice. But also, I can tell you this. I don't know how many mouth calls you've gotten or how many you've tried. Right. Uh, but they're not all the same size and they're not all going to fit the same in your mouth and they're not all going to be as easy to use. So you might need to experiment a little bit that with that. And if you need to trim some down, if some just feel too big, um, you can trim them down to where they kind of fit your mouth because everybody's mouth isn't, you know, formed the same. So you might just need to try a few different models or a few different, um, a few different brands uh, because you might end up hitting one that just it helps you to make the sound a lot easier than other ones you've tried yeah i've definitely got some more experimentation to do the so far the one i can make just make noise on the best is a primos dome the one that's got like a little plastic dome on it okay kind of unique but yeah (laughs) oh it's cool yeah man but uh Okay, that's cool. So, you know, mostly pot calls, but obviously mouth call, you know, with the bow a lot of times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's probably your favorite scenario for for calling? Um, you know, you hear people say all kind of things, um, you know, try not to overcall. You know, you hear some people always do a fly down sequence or some people don't call until they hear a crow or, you know, whatever. You know, do you have anything like that that you uh, keep in mind? I mean, I know every situation is different, but yeah, is something you have in mind going into a hunt, you know, with calling. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, now I will I will never call to one in the tree, um, because you can have, and I actually wrote about this in an article, but you can actually you can have one just firing back off at you just repeatedly i mean you can just sit there talking back and forth back and forth back and forth and you're thinking man it's on that turkey's about to fly right down here in my lap um but a lot of times what will happen is you know that turkey that turkey it seems like he's waiting to see you or he's waiting to hear you fly down and come his way right and when that doesn't happen it's almost like the jig is up because i've seen i've seen it happen and i've experienced it myself where it's like, man, this thing's about to happen. And the next thing you know, you're peeking, you know, through the crack of two trees and you're watching three long beards walk off in the opposite direction of where they were calling to you from. 
Uh, so what I do is uh, um, <clears throat> I just wait until I know the turkeys have flown down. Because if you're calling to them in the tree, there's a chance that they might fly down and come your way. There's a chance for sure. It's not like it doesn't ever happen. But if you can wait for them to get on the ground, mm-hmm. I feel like your odds go way up. Um, so for me, what I like to do is I just I just wait a little bit uh, into the morning. If I can hear them gobbling off in the distance or so, um, you know, I just give it just a little bit of time. Um maybe 30 minutes or so, 20 minutes after, after they've flown down. And I'll just do some, I'll just do some light yelping, but loud enough for them to hear. Now, if it's mid morning, say if it's 10 30, 11 o'clock or something like that, um, I'll, I'll call a little bit more, uh, aggressive. I'll cut and yelp loud, that kind of thing. But if I get one to gobble back and this goes to the not calling too much, what I like to do, because you can, you can't call too little but you can definitely call too much. So what I like to do is if I call and I get one to respond, I might wait a second, yelp back. If he responds again, that's it for me. I'm not, I'm not calling again. If, if 20 or 30 minutes goes by and I haven't seen that Turkey or haven't heard him, he's not getting closer or anything like that. I might call again, but I'm not going to sit there and just call back and forth because I don't want to give him the idea that I'm coming to him. And so and a lot of times, that's exactly. I don't know if he just gets worked up and thinks she, if she, I can't tell she's coming, so I gotta go, uh, or what. But a lot of times, that'll get him to come your way. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I, I do want to add to the. Um, that's when they're far away, but it, you know, obviously, if you get a turkey, um, if you get a turkey close to you, if you can tell one's real close, you know, within a hundred yards or so, you just can't see them yet. Uh, calling is probably the second thing that'll run a turkey off next to calling too much. If, if you don't sound natural, you know, turkeys, they're out in the woods every day. They know what a turkey's going to sound like. So if you sound too loud, you don't sound like a turkey and that turkey, you'll, you'll blow him out of there. So that's when, uh, if they can't see you or if you're in a blind, that's when getting out a pot call and just doing some light purring, some real light clucks, that right there is what'll get one to uh what one will come your way. And another thing that I'll do uh that I forgot to mention when they're far off, if mm-hmm. it's say mid-morning, uh what I started doing last year is I'll put a pot call in my hand and I'll have my diaphragm in my mouth and I'll just run two two yelping sequences at the same time because they sound like two different turkeys. So you kind of give this illusion, you know, there's a couple hens over here, you know, and, and, and that has worked too. So. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's cool. I like that idea for sure. Um, you know, I, I want to give you a chance, uh, kind of in closing, if there's, I mean, literally anything that you want to add, you know, that I haven't asked about or anything like that. Um, you know, definitely what you're welcome to, but, uh, before we do that, you know, um, kind of talking specifically for a new, new turkey hunter, or you could do a new, uh, somebody trying bow hunting turkeys for the first time, or, uh, you know, any way you want to go with it, what kind of advice would you, you know, give to somebody, you know, maybe heading out, um, who's just not quite as familiar? Uh, yeah, for somebody new, I think if I only had one thing that I could tell them, this would be for anybody in general, not just bow hunting, but um, 
I would say it's all about location. You have to locate the turkeys. You can be the best turkey hunter in the world, have the best calls, have the best gear. You know, you can shoot a dime at a hundred yards with a bow, but if you don't have turkeys around you, none of that matters. And you're going to leave the woods the same way that you showed up without a turkey. So it's all about that. And I know, you know, everybody, if you, if you read enough articles, you listen to enough podcasts, you're going to hear about, Hey, scout, pre, you know, scout before the season, all that kind of stuff. And that's true. But specifically speaking uh, to scouting, I mean, when you're trying to find turkeys, you need to know, you know, what turkey sign looks like. That's what you're looking for is turkey sign, or you need to hear some gobbling. Um, And for me specifically, if you have access to cameras, I would use them. Uh, Cellular cameras, in my opinion, are the best. Uh, If you're able to use them, I would get cell cams. I actually, uh, I've been scouting a public land spot that I'm going to hunt on. We've got some private land um, here in South Carolina, but I've also got some public land that I'm going to try and get me a turkey on this year with my bow. But uh, I I knew there were turkeys there, so I went looking for sign. Uh, I put some cameras out, and I'm I'm getting multiple cameras, I mean uh, multiple pictures of multiple long beards on there. Uh, Now, if I would have, just gone out there and you said, Hey, I'm going to try and find a Turkey somewhere during the season. You know, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And I know we're really close to the season. Some people have already started hunting and that's good, but it, it goes to the same thing. You know, don't just go out to a piece of property and hope for the best and set up in a field and hope you're going to see a Turkey, you know, even if you need to scout this weekend and to hunt for next weekend, it would be worth it to go out there and actually put the time in finding sign. Even if you don't have a camera, find some sign, get out there before daylight, listen for some birds. But yeah, for, for a new turkey hunter, it's all about finding the turkeys for sure. And I mean, that's um, like, uh, like Mike Chamberlain said, I, I saw him on a, a YouTube video with the hunting public yesterday. Like he said, the ultimate hunter satisfaction uh, has to do with hearing turkeys gobble. So, I mean, it, it's all about being around turkeys. So you got to get out there and find them. So that's what I would say for them. And then for, for a new bow hunter, I'd say, um, in my opinion, set up decoys around 12 to 15 yards out, you know, with a lot of these, uh, TSS loads. I mean, you can shoot a Turkey at 60 yards with a shot, but you know, there's a lot of good archers out there that can, they can shoot a long way. But, um, you know, when you get a Turkey in front of you and you get goblin fever hits you, uh, it's a whole different story. So Oh, yeah. if, if you're going to bow hunt, I would say put decoys out about 12 yards in front of you. And the reason you put them so close, if you watch people on TV, they do the same thing. And it's because a turkey kind of hang up on you. I mean, he, he might he might be 20 yards from that decoy. But if them decoys are at 25 yards, that's a 45-yard shot. So if you put them closer, you get them close. So um, right. one of my turkeys last year, I had it set up like that. And uh, I shot him at like... 14 yards and um so i mean it's still a high stress situation you know you still got to be able to hold steady even though it's real close you know when you got a turkey out in front of you this is a whole different story so that's what i would say for new hunters all about finding the turkeys before you worry about everything else yeah no doubt that's definitely definitely advice to take to heart for me and uh, and everybody else so i appreciate that yeah. uh, is, there, is there anything uh anything else that um you want to add, you know, maybe that I haven't asked about or um, popped into your mind while we've been talking uh, turkey hunting? Uh, I don't think so. I think I'd just say, uh, 
good luck to everybody out there, you know, and, uh, if I'm, I'm no expert by any means, but, uh, if anybody has any questions or just wants to, you know, somebody to celebrate success with, they can hit me up on Instagram or tag us or find me on uh, the website. Awesome, man. And, uh, it's just, uh, at Southeastern bow hunting on Instagram, right? Yeah, Southeastern Bowhunting, and uh, the website is southeasternbowhunting.com. Awesome, man. Definitely want to point everybody that direction. Definitely check out what you've got going on. And uh, I've enjoyed reading the articles and following along. So, um, very cool, man. I and, uh, I know we were texting earlier today. Your uh, your dad got, uh, got the job done, so looking forward to seeing more on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. He sent me uh probably 20 videos <laughs> so but i'm waiting to uh i'm waiting to get uh my hands on his tacticam so i can get the tacticam footage off because he actually has the shot on now he took a he took a shotgun out out there right and so he actually just got his first uh kill with a bow this past fall it was with uh he shot a really nice deer so he's not he's not all about the bow like i am but so he's uh took a shotgun out there but yeah he uh he got it done man it was uh it looks like it's gonna be some some great footage so and the, i will t- i will tell you this yes if i had anything to add i will say this and this only comes to mind and you'll probably know exactly why I'm saying this, but it probably only comes to mind because I've been doing a lot of the social media stuff and and website stuff. But um, I would just say, and people prep, this is definitely not going to go into a lot of people's turkey season prep, but I would just say, enjoy it. Take, go ahead and start thinking through if you get the job done, think through how that, you know, post shot time is going to go, you know, take some good pictures, enjoy it. I'm, yeah. I'm as guilty as anybody at, at, you know, um, you know, shooting a turkey, shooting a deer, you know, call, calling my wife, calling my dad and saying, Oh man, I did it and celebrating for about five minutes. And then just saying, all right, what's next for the day and having to load up and say, Oh, I got to do this or I got to do that. You know I mean? Being out in nature. I mean, we, we live all year and, and we look forward to this time of year when it gets here, let's not, you know, rush it away with everything else. We can take, you know, that extra 20, 30, 45 minutes to just kind of sit there and soak it all in. And so that's what I'm going to try and do this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. Um, this past fall, I killed my first buck and I've got like the worst pictures of all time, which I was literally solo, <laughs> but I mean, they're like screenshots of videos from my front facing camera. I mean, it's terrible. I'm like, oh. <laughs> No, I, Hey, I totally know what you're talking about. I've done the same exact thing. Uh, and so that's why, that's why now I'm, I'm thinking it through me and my wife are going to go out this weekend. Um, it'll be my first hunt of the season, uh, this weekend and I'm looking so forward to it. And so is she, and I'm just kind of thinking through, I'm not rushing, you know, if, if we get, if we get to shoot a turkey, that's great. If we don't, that's great too. I'm just soak it in being out there in God's country, you know, and, uh, we get it done we're just going to relax a little bit and just soak it in enjoy it take the time to take some good pictures and uh that's one thing actually my dad passed down to me was taking good pictures he's all about taking good pictures because like he said if you're not going to mount if you're not going to mount the animal the pictures are all you have left you know yeah. and so so take some good pictures you know just enjoy it it's it's this is really the best time of year woods yep yeah, it's exciting, man. Well, good luck this weekend. Thanks. And, uh, I'll be following along. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get back out here 
for too long myself. And uh, oh, yeah. we'll see what happens the rest of the season, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Thanks a lot, buddy. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. We just really appreciate everyone listening and uh, following along with us. Um, this podcast is kind of based in uh, the idea that some of us have been hunting for years, some of us have just started, and the one thing we have in common, for sure, whether we're in the southeast or the midwest or way out west or uh, in the northeast anywhere, is that we want to be hunting. Some of us are out of desk today, some of us are on the road, but uh, we share the common bond that we want to be hunting. Uh, Right now, most of us are very focused on turkeys. Uh, Some of us uh, never never let uh, deer season leave our mind, but we want to be out there, we want to be scouting, we want to be hunting, and uh, that's kind of the idea. We just get together once a week and talk about hunting, uh, listen to some good uh, info, get some good tips, uh, hear some good stories, and that's kind of the that's kind of the idea behind the podcast. So if you hadn't hadn't been following along too long, that's what we do. So we really appreciate you listening today. Hope you all have a great week. Hope everybody has good luck out uh, turkey hunting. Uh, feel free to uh, tag us in uh, in your harvest pictures and all that good stuff. We'd be happy to share it as well if uh, if you'd like to shoot me a message or whatever. So once again, just want to say we appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. And as always, honor God, work hard, and keep hunting.